Hello, now don't you worry. We'll soon have you cured. Leave it all to us, you'll never know what hit you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Trips up. Injections. Can I put the tube in the baby's head? Only if I can do the episiotomy. Okay. There you go. Uh, legs up. Come in. Come on, Lord. That's it. Jolly good. Come on. Come on. Spread around there. Who are you? I'm the husband. I'm sorry. Only people involved are allowed in here. All right. What do I do? Yes? What do I do? Nothing, dear. You're not qualified. After midnight, we're gonna let it all hang out. After midnight, we're gonna chill and shine. Here we go! <laughs> I usually prologue my episodes with an audio clip that indicates clearly what this episode will be about. But I will concede that in this case, it might not be quite as clear to everybody else as it is for me. The movie is Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's the one that introduced me to Python, so it holds a special place in my heart. And the skit is about birth, which is what I want to talk about tonight. If you've been listening to my podcast regularly for the few months I've been doing it, you've noticed that the last few weeks I've been off the air. I lost my hard drive. Crashed. Problem is, I hadn't done a backup for over a year, but I started this maybe four months ago. So everything I had for this podcast, the music, the sound clips, the tools, the graphic, even the software, all gone. All gone. I do this to have some me time. Set aside one thing that I do just for me to satisfy myself, because I've been working nights for the last 16 years, and I spend all my days taking care of my special needs children, one day I looked up and I had no friends anymore. My social life was on the verge of crossing the edge of the solar system. So I decided I should do something for myself to keep my sanity, if you will. But after I've lost all that I had done, all the episodes I had recorded in advance, something like maybe 2530, it felt like a task, like a chore, that it, a burden that I didn't want to take on having to redo all that. So I took some time to think about why I do this and do I really want to do this at all? Because well, let's, let's be frank, I don't really make any money out of this. So I spoke to some people online, to my friend Kat from the Paranormal Heart Podcast. Listen to it if you haven't. It's really, really nice. Hilarious guys from the News Unite Podcast, Kipan and the Meerkat. Tap Snaps, who regularly <laughs> exchanges with me. Really funny. You all um, contributed in helping me figure out what I want to do. What I want to do is this podcast, but in a way that is fun for me as much as it is maybe fun for you guys to listen to. So I decided to cut in half, do just five songs, half an hour. This way it'll be easier for me to do it every week and more fun so I can do it when I work. Basically, I'm recording this after midnight, which is the title of the show. <laughs> Welcome to my podcast. By the way, After Midnight is a podcast where every episode I play now, five songs related to a specific subject, different subject each week. The subject this week is birth. Actually, the year of my birth, as I'm rebirthing this podcast, coming back to life in a different way, <laughs> my little baby that I give all of you, I decided to play songs from the year that I was born, 1974. Yes, I am that old. <laughs> so after much deliberation with myself, I decided to select my five favorite songs from the year that I was born. And without further ado, stop talking! 
I'm so excited. I'm going to get cream. you shave, the more you need creamy, soothing, medicated Noxema. Let Noxema
There's a plane waiting for us to take us to Miami in an hour. All right. They'll make a big thing about it. I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. You broke my heart. I play each year on my Halloween playlist because it has this this kind of uh, Tim Burton slash Danny Elfman spooky comedy sound. Seriously, stop right now, re-listen to it, and tell me this doesn't sound like a Danny Elfman track for a Burton movie. It's uncanny. It's like a Taco's version of putting on a Ritz in the early 80s. The original song, I think, was by Irving Berlin. It wasn't a Halloween song at all, but the way Taco arranged it, and the music video they, they did to go with it, it sounds Halloween-y as hell. So I play those songs, those two songs always. If I do one this year, keep this in mind, you'll hear this song. 
it's uh, from a band called Sparks, formed in 1972. And by 74, this was their third album already. They're still active today. Their last album was in 2017. They've been active for <laughs> over 45 years, 47 years now. I mean, <laughs> God, imagine doing the same thing for 47 years, being active at, at your art, at your craft for 47 years. That's pretty awesome. Uh, before that, we had a band called Slade, British band, if I hadn't known who they were to begin with and somebody played me that song, I would have thought it was Sloan, Canadian band from the late 90s. I think they're still active today. But you mix Sloan with Sam Roberts' band, these two Canadian bands, and you get this. You get the sound of Slade. Seriously. It sounds contemporary as hell. But it's from 45 years ago. It's from their fifth studio album, but their uh, first soundtrack album. They did a movie. Uh, because they had been into success for a few years and they didn't want to repeat themselves. They want to try something else. So their producer said, let's do a movie. So they did a movie called Slade, I think, Slade on Fire, about a barely fictional version of themselves, which is why I'm not interested in the movie at all, because it's always what that is. It's always a band playing a barely fictional version of themselves, trying to deal with fame. The Spice Girls, the Dead, and the Monkeys did their weird movie, and the uh, Kiss did their god-awful trash movie phantom of the park or something they all try to do like the beatles i mean the beatles got two movies directed by richard lester one of the most underrated comedic director of all time seriously check his filmography before superman check what he did in the 60s and 70s it's absolutely insane the movies he did absolutely beautiful but after the beatles everybody wanted to do that so slate i'm sorry you were not original trying to do something else you did what the beatles did and i'm pretty sure you did not do it as well but i'm not gonna know because i'm not gonna watch because i'm not interested opening was the kiki d band I think that's what it is. Um, still active ladies called Pauline something. I, I used to be way into her in the, back in the 80s. She's still active today. She did a lot of albums as the Kikiti Band. And um, I, I just, again, I love that song. It sounds contemporary to my ear. It doesn't sound like something that was recorded 45 years ago. It sounds like something that, that uh, Florence the Machine would be doing now. Seriously, it sounds like something from the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. It's, it's really... Either they, they were decades ahead of their time, these bands, or the 70s are back. I mean, for, I, I thought it was the, the, the 80s and now the 90s, but this sounds like something you hear now on the radio today. <laughs> All right, let's go with the next two songs on our slate. Enjoy. You gotta have something if you wanna be with me. 
I brought along my son Jonathan, who in the year 2001 will be the same age as I am now. Maybe he will be better adjusted to this kind of world that you're trying to portray. The big difference when he grows up, in fact, when he wanted to wait for the year 2001, is that he will have in his own house, not a computer as big as this, but at least a console to which he can talk to his friendly local computer and get all the information he needs for his everyday life, like his bank statements, his theater reservations, all the information you need in the course of living in a complex modern society. This will be in a compact form in his own house. He'll have a television screen like these here and a keyboard and he'll talk to the computer, get information from it, and he'll take it as much for granted as we take the telephone. We got it together, didn't we? We've definitely got our thing together, don't we? Isn't that nice? I mean, really, when you really sit and think about it, isn't it really, really nice? I can easily feel myself slipping more and more away into that super world of my own. Nobody but you and me. We've got it together, baby.
to be one of the most distinctive voices of the 70s, if not of popular music as a whole, Barry White in 1974. I mean, seriously, I, I, no offense to today's generations, but you listen to Justin Bieber or Ed Sheeran, I honestly cannot tell you either one of them apart. I cannot. They, they sound the same. Same thing with women. These these Demi Lovato and Ariana Grande and Kami Cariello. Anybody who's the same generation as, as Taylor Swift. <laughs> they all sound the same to me. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving Adele out of it because she has a distinctive voice. Again, one of the most distinctive voices in music right now. But Barry White in the 70s, not just because his voice was deep. Isaac Hayes had a deep voice, and he didn't sound like Barry White. It is pretty distinctive. And he had a style that was so perfect for that voice. <laughs> that really kind of croony, sexy, let's get it on style. That was, oh my God. I don't think there will ever be anyone like Barry White ever again. A little bit cheesy, but... Admit it, when that song started, you were in the groove. Before that, Billy Preston, 1974 as well, of course, the same here. He was, if you remember, if you're as old as me, uh, the black guy playing the keyboards on the rooftop of the last Beatles performance, that iconic performance from the movie uh, Let It Be. There was um, a legend that uh, when they were recording for the Let It Be sessions, uh, tensions were really high because of a lot of things, Yoko Ono being one of them. <laughs> and uh, George Harrison slammed the door, he left. Nobody knew if he was coming back. He came back four days later with Billy Preston, whom he had met at a concert. The two hit it off right away. He said, hey, come with me. Billy Preston charmed everybody right off the bat, and uh, he just killed the tensions right then and there. Beatles continued their recording and invited him to uh, to play with them for that rooftop performance. There was some people who said that had the Beatles perpetrated, had their continued past that point as a band, they would have asked them to join in some capacity with them to uh, to continue playing with them. And it's easy to understand why. Listen to that song. Listen to that that keyboard, that music, that 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 energy that he gives it. It kind of gave a shot in the arm to the Beatles when he when they met him. And uh, again, very understandable. Tragic life, though. I think uh, he passed away a few years ago. Had a, a lot of substance problems, a lot of personal problems. Marriage, kids uh, didn't go too well. I mean, you can't be a genius at something and have that same level everywhere else. Let's be honest with that. A lot of people who, who gave us absolutely great art were people whose personal lives were in absolute shamble, were tragedy. In between those songs, you heard the clip 
from a 1974 documentary that was Isaac Asimov. The older second voice that you heard was Isaac Asimov, the writer who wrote uh, the story behind 2001 Space Odyssey. In 1974, he predicted the internet. Basically, listen to that clip again if you want. He predicted the freaking internet, that you would buy concert tickets online, that you would do your, your bank statements and your bank transactions on a computer, that you would have a computer on a desk at home. He predicted the PC and the laptop, basically, at a time when computers took up an entire room. Really, at a time when, when the computer size of a building had barely the, the computing power of a cell phone now, and was used to launch <laughs> spaceships and, and do incredible tasks that a cell phone could do now today. In 1974, 45 years ago, he predicted the internet. That's all I'm going to say about the genius of that. I mean, speak of genius, that man was had an incredible foresight. That's why probably his books were so great. There weren't, uh, they were more speculative than complete fantasy, than flight of fancy. Really took where we're going, what we are as a species, as a society, and see where we're going with this. And he was right on the freaking nose because he said, if you, if you listen to it again, he said before 2001, because the interviewer said, you know, by the year 2001, he said, well, before 2001, you will have computers in your home and do what you want. And he was right. The Apple II came in what? It came out in 1984. And it was pretty much the the the, uh, the genesis of the personal computing, the Apple II. It was a revolution that was long before two thousand and one. And yes, by the by the year two thousand one, we had everything that he said that we did. <laughs> Nineteen seventy four was a great year, though you have to admit, a lot of things, a lot of really important, notable, major things happened. I mean, Watergate. 1974, the, the whole scandal, and resigned, and in August, uh, Gerald Ford took his place, uh, launched in 1974, the Rubik's Cube, Dungeons and Dragons, the Volkswagen Golf, probably one of the most popular, beloved mass consumption car ever, the Golf, was launched in 1974. You have to admit, it was also the first year that an American company was allowed to sell their products in Soviet Union. Pepsi was that company, 1974. You're welcome, dudes. <laughs> on that note, thank you so much for being back with me on my return. I hope you appreciate it. I hope you liked it as much as I love recording this. As I said, I'm changing the format so that I can um, rekindle the joy of doing this. It's it's a lot easier for me. I know it's it's it sounds lazy, but this is meant to be fun for me. This is meant to be my outlet, my little me time. And doing it just half an hour is awesome for me. Thank you so much for the people who suggested it, people who consulted, who gave their opinion. All these Twitter people, tap snaps, cat, uh, cat ghost hunt, uh, Captain and Meerkat. Thank you so much, guys, for uh, your input and for your help and your encouragements. You're the ones who allow me to do this, and this is extremely good for moi. <laughs> so um, please come back next week. We'll have another 30-minute show. Until then, listen again. Goodbye. Hi. This is Meerkat from Captain and the Meerkat's Noobs Unite podcast. Please come and say hello to us over on twitter.com forward slash Meerkat. Devin the Moose and I are here to... Stop talking!